to Navigating Betrayal webinar, podcast, YouTube channel. I'm your host, Kaylee Dunn. I'm a betrayal navigation coach. I've been a betrayal trauma psychotherapist for over a decade, and I'm admin to this free group, Humans Navigating Betrayal. Today, we're going to be talking about navigating the holidays after betrayal, and we are especially honored to have with us one of our incredible moderators in this Facebook group, Coach Vanessa Cardenas, otherwise known as Understanding Ear. You recognize the pink hair and all the compassion that comes with it. Um, and the incredible Dr. Debbie Silver. She is the founder of the Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute. She is a holistic psychologist, a health mindset and personal development expert, and a two-time number one international best-selling author. We are so lucky to have her here with us. Um, I could say so much about her um, and her research, the work that she's done, um, the TEDx talks that she's done. So go look those up after we're done here. Um, but I will let her take some time to introduce herself as well. Um, don't forget that at the end, so we're going to talk for, I don't know, 40, 45 minutes. We'll see how it goes. Um, and at the end, you'll have a time to ask your questions. Either if you're here with us live, you can do that in the chat box or on the Facebook group live in the chat box. I'll keep an eye there and check in with, with those questions at the very end. So stick, stick with us. Um, thank you so, so much for being here. And I'm going to turn the time over actually to Vanessa first um, and let her do some introductions and um, tell us a little bit about what we're going to be talking about today and all of those things. Take yeah. it away, Vanessa. We're so oh, Kaylee, thank you, you so much. I am so ridiculously honored. You have no idea. I discovered Debbie Silver over eight years ago when she did her TED Talk on self-sabotage. And that was just instrumental Ooh. for me because yeah. at the time I saw it from the prism of betrayal yeah that I know that five years later three years ago she was going to do yet another TED talk specifically on betrayal Woo! and <laughs> I just uh, I isn't was, it oh, right it's it's so meant to be. And I had the distinct honor and privilege of going through several of her courses. I have dissected her book. It's it's every page is highlighted <laughs> something or other. She's got amazing wisdom that just oozes out of her. And I was so honored to then subsequently go through her certification program to be a support host. So I host groups based on her philosophy, based on her principles, and I'm so ridiculously honored. And when we chatted, uh, both Dr. Debbie Sibler and I, and I said, listen, I'm a moderator of this Humans Navigating Betrayal, and regrettably, we're 8,000 members, which means 8,000 members are hurting. And would you come and talk and share your wisdom about the holidays because this time of year mm. oh we got thanksgiving we got christmas we got new year's and then on the tail end we have valentine's day yeah. oh those of us that have been betrayed oh we feel it and we just need support we know that we are not alone we are not alone in these struggles and these struggles are unique and also common so uh, with great honor and, and humility, I introduce you to Dr. Debbie Silber. Thank you so much for being here. 
Thank you. It's an honor to be here. And, you know, just it's it's so interesting because you mentioned the two TEDx talks. I will tell you something and everybody who uh, if you if you watch it, that first one, Stop Sabotaging Yourself, six weeks before that was my betrayal. Mm-hmm. Six weeks before that TEDx, if you watch it, you'll hear me kind of refer to it, mm. but I was in too much pain and I wasn't mm. ready to talk about it. Yeah. I was able to sort of get around it a little bit, but I have a hard time watching that one because I know what I was going through at the time. Uh, and then finally, you know, it's like any good coach has a coach. And I remember one of my coaches saying, we were all going around on the zoom screen. What's new with you? What's new with you? What's new with you? And it was my turn. And I was talking about the research and I'm talking about the discoveries and he looks at me and he points his finger and he says, stop hiding behind your effing study already. Mm. And I was like, wow. Okay. Time to share. So the second TEDx, uh, do you have post-betrayal syndrome? That was like, okay, here we go. Here we go. And, and trust again was like, here it is. Uh, and how many of how many of us helpers have those moments where either we're helpers before or we become helpers after, but we're kind of using that as this shield, right? And then we have those beautiful, incredible people in our life. They're like, hey, dude, like you gotta, yeah, gotta not, <laughs> you know, you gotta go full into the feelings. And that's going to do what it's done for you in your in your second TED talk to really bring out that vulnerability and then and then you blossom there, right? Well, and you, you know, I, I give both of you two so much credit because especially when it comes to betrayal, this is the kind of thing that there's so much shame, there's so much embarrassment, mm. there's so much humiliation. We're in a club we never wanted to be in, right? Oh, and totally. we're, we're really putting ourselves out there for the, you know, to help other people to, you know, if we, if we're a few steps ahead, it's like, come on, these are the steps I've just traveled, I can help. But, you know, there are some who it, they're, they're glad for it. They're grateful for it. And others who it's, it's very triggering for them. Yeah. And they'll have, you know, their judgment there, whatever. And I remember going through that myself where it was like, I know I'm putting myself out there and uh, I'm going to hear all of it. But I decided just to uh, focus on the people who need the message and mm. let the other people talk. Yeah. I so appreciate that. I need that. I needed that today. Thank you. Um, because you're so right. You know, we can be doing this work for a decade and it's still, it still can be hard at times. So I appreciate that. I, um, you know, this is such an important topic for us to discuss today, these holidays that are coming up. And certainly I'm sure we'll all dip into little parts of our own stories here and there as we, as we do in this space, you know, you don't have to, but we, we tend to do that here in the, in the Facebook group. Um, but let's just start with kind of the basics. What are some of the sticky places during the holidays that you guys have seen? And I'll add for our clients, for ourselves, you know, what's coming up there? What are those triggers? What are the hard moments? Vanessa, you want to go first and then I'll, okay. So, I mean, we see so many things within the PBT Institute. I mean, it's anything from this holiday is completely different than any other holiday. And then of course we compare what was it before? What is it now? Uh, what meaning does the holiday have now? We have so many memories, you know, with, with so many of us, it's hard to look at pictures. It's hard to, it's hard to even get those memories. The, it, it, we, we have these memories in our minds and what do we do with it? If it's a case of, let's say, uh, marital um, betrayal and it's separation and divorce. Okay, well, it's like, what, what's happening with the family? Mm, the who gets who? What's happening here? Mm-hmm. And, and then another thing on top of that, 
all the all these new boundaries you know okay now that we're doing this what what boundary has to be in place that feels okay that feels safe and and really what i invite everybody to consider is there's so much newness to all of this just because you implement a new boundary or a new rule now it's what you need now that may not necessarily be the same boundary or rule you need a year from now but it's where you are right now you know the other thing i would i would really you know suggest is the holidays just like d day right d day has a meaning for sure but we get to decide what that means and the holidays, you know, can mean something completely different. Like it, let's just say if you're in a case where there's separation and divorce and now you're not with the kids, let's say on the holiday. Well, what do you want to do? Maybe the holiday now means a complete day of self-care and, you know, self-love and whatever, right? We get to decide. So everything is up for grabs when, when everything has crashed and burned, but we get to build something so magnificent, but it's deliberate and intentional does not happen on its own. Oh, I love that. I mean, I hear so much of just recognizing and, and having that compassion for um, the memories change, the traditions feel like they're changing. I always remember that feeling. I talked to someone early on in my own recovery and she said, it feels like you just rewind the tape of your whole life and replay it with this like icky goo all over the story. And now you don't know how to hold those old memories, but especially during like the Christmas holiday, um, Thanksgiving, there's a lot of smells, there's sounds, there's taste, there's touch. There's all these visceral experiences tied to these holidays. And so when these come back again, we're, we feel like we're meant to have a certain type of a memory, a certain type of an experience. And when it's different, that's hard. Or when it's the same, that's hard, right? And so oh, it just makes sense that it's such a triggering time um, just in how our nervous system works, right? And then at the same time, I hear so much hope just already woven into what you're saying around, you know, with D-Day, that's a date. And for some people, by the way, that is the date, right? Some people's D-Day is Christmas Day. Some mm -hmm. people's D-Day is Thanksgiving Day, Valentine's Day, anniversary. Like, what is it about those landing on those big days, right? And so, and so it, but, but you're saying, look, you can reclaim or you can say, well, how do I want this to be now? Maybe it's going to be different. Maybe I have to have a different boundary, but what do I want? And I love that you're just weaving that hope in immediately uh, well, in this discussion. And that's the part that I think isn't stressed enough. Mm. This is one of the most painful of the human experiences. I mean, think about it. This was the person or these are the people who gave you a sense of safety and security. So when this is the person, these are the people to shatter that very sense of safety and security, it's traumatizing. So, you know, as you're rebuilding your life and yourself, you know, and I'm happy to share the discoveries and, and talk about how different betrayal is, you know, that uh, how different of a trauma it is and everything else, but you get to build something that never would have been created had it not happened. You know, mm. that's the opportunity because Here's the thing, you've been through the worst of it already. You owe it to yourself to use that pain for that transformation. Mm. Mm. I love that. Yeah. 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 You know, there's, a, there's this, and I think I did it in one of the TEDx talks and I'll, I'll, I'll share it here. It's like, here's a pendulum, right? And we strive for this. It's like, you know, not so good, not so bad. I'm kind of, I'm all right. And here's what betrayal does. Whoop. Sends you right here. Yeah. Now, 
you're not supposed to stay here. This is where you are now. The challenge is a lot of people, they're like, whoop, this is where I find myself. Okay, I guess this is where I stay. And you plant roots here, you're not supposed to. The whole idea of being here is you gather your strength, you gather your momentum, you gather your strategies, and you go like this. You can't get here from this place. Mm. The only way you get here is because of this deep, deep pain. And then you do that hard swing. And then like what both of you are doing, you're teaching how to do this. That's the idea. That's Absolutely. the idea. I mean, that's so, so true. It just, it, it's, it's like you mentioned at the very beginning. And I remember this from my own experience, you know, so many years ago, if when someone approaches you with this methodology philosophy, it feels kind of like a slap in the face. Like, what do you mean live a different way? Like they did this to me. Do you not, you must not understand. You must not totally get betrayal. And I've, I've heard that from clients. Like you just don't get this. I'm like, well, girlfriend, I get this. Like, I lived it a slash, you know, I, I lived it for many, many years. I get this. Um, and, and to say like, this is an opportunity. I remember just felt like such a slap, like, don't tell me that this is horrible. And I think there's a space and a time for all of us to be able to sit with just the feelings and just sit, but it's kind of like, it might be Brene Brown. Somebody kind of talks about your walk. You have to walk through the swamp of shame. Jung talks about that, right? You have to walk through the swamp of shame and pain and agony to get to the other side, but we don't like build a house there. We mm. don't, you know, bring our babies with us and just have this house in the swamp. It's the same kind of principle. Um, and it is, it is um, beautiful and wonderful and fun sometimes scary to, to deliver that message, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, and that's it. And, and also, you know, one of the discoveries was the five stages. Happy to share all of that. Please do. But yeah. The, the, you know, that, that sort of stuck place and the place where you do need to keep unpacking it, that's a stage two, stage three thing. But mm -hmm. then the problem is if that's what you continue to do without a specific and deliberate plan to keep moving forward, that's where you stay. So yeah, happy to share the stages, happy to share the discoveries. You tell me whatever serves. Yeah, I think that would be great. Let's chat on that. And then we will apply that to the holidays. We're going to pull that into this discussion. So share the five, five stages that you use. And then also um, some of those discoveries that, that you've been doing in your research. Sure. Love to hear so, that. And then just to back up, just so everybody knows my story, of course, you don't study something like betrayal unless you have to, you know, I wasn't like, no, betrayal is an interesting topic. Let me study this. No, never. Um, you know, I started in health and mindset and personal development. And then I had a really painful betrayal uh, from my family. And I thought I did everything I needed to do to heal from that. And then it happened again, a few years mm -hmm. later, this time, my husband, uh, that was the deal breaker, yeah. got him out of the house. And I looked at the two experiences thinking, okay, well, what's similar to these two? Of course, me, what else? And realized, you know, I never really took my own needs seriously. Boundaries were always getting crossed. And I'm one of those people that truly believes if nothing changes, nothing changes. So here it was, four kids, six dogs, thriving business. And I said, you know, I'm going back for a PhD. Not what many people would opt to do right after, but like a book wasn't getting me out of this mess. Like I needed a whole PhD in it. I just felt so pulled to do this. And it was in um, transpersonal psychology, the psychology of transformation and human potential. And while I was there, I did a study, a study betrayal. And honestly, I just studied it for myself. You know, what holds us back? What helps us heal? And what happens to us? physically, mentally, and emotionally, when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive. 
that study led to three groundbreaking discoveries, which changed my health, my family, my work, my life. Um, and I remember a moment when I was going through the study and, and it just came over me, you know, and I was like, I have no idea how I'm going to heal from this, but if I do, I'm taking everybody with me. It was like, that was the fuel that was pushing me. So when the first, so the first discovery showed up and that was so exciting. And what was discovered was betrayal is a different type of trauma. And any of you watching, listening to this, you know that like, if you've been through death of a loved one, disease, natural disaster, you, you know, you grieve, you, you mourn, right. But you don't necessarily question the whole relationship. You don't question, you know, your sanity, right? You don't question the, your ability to trust with betrayal. You do because think about it, rejection, abandonment, belonging, confidence, worthiness, trust, they're all shattered and they all have to be rebuilt. So that betrayal is a different type of trauma uh, was the first discovery. So I coined a new term, post-betrayal transformation, the complete and total rebuild of your life and yourself after betrayal, because you know, those of you who've moved through it or, you know, not yet, but what to look forward to, you're different. You're different when you're out the other side. The old version of you doesn't exist. The parts of you you love, you take. The other parts you've outgrown, you leave behind and you create this, this very new and different version of you. So that was the first discovery. Want me to get to the second one? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So the second one, this was equally as exciting. And what was discovered was that there's actually a collection of symptoms, physical, mental, and emotional, so common to betrayal. It's known as post-betrayal. Yes, another TED talk. So we've, uh, we've had, I don't know, 95,000 people or so take our post-betrayal syndrome quiz to see to what extent they're struggling. A few things about that. We've all been taught time heals all wounds, right? I have the proof that when it comes to betrayal, that's not true. There's a question on the quiz that says, is there anything else you'd like to share? And people write things like, my betrayal happened 35 years ago. I'm unwilling to trust. My betrayal happened 40 years ago. I can feel the hate. My betrayal happened 10 years ago, feels like it happened yesterday. So we know, and those of you uh, who have experienced this, you cannot count on time. You cannot count on a new relationship to heal it. Healing heals it. And every couple of months, I pull the stats from the quiz to see where people land. Would you like me to share some? Yes, please. Because it would be really awkward if you said no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't want to hear that actually. <laughs> so imagine 95,000 plus people, men, women, just about every country is represented. Ready? And I want you to listen. And to this is all people. kinds of betrayal, or is this yes. specifically sexual? This is all kinds nope. of betrayal. It's mm -hmm. all kinds. For the most part, though, the most common is marital and then family. And actually, in my when I was doing this study, I, I originally wanted to study betrayal of a family member, a partner, or a friend. And I actually had to drop the friend part because while friends will completely infuriate you, they don't break you. We're never broken, mm, but they don't yeah. break you like the family member or the partner. With those massive contractual relationships and an exactly. emotional. Mm -hmm. Exactly. The, the stakes are just higher. Even with close, close friends, the stakes are just going to be higher, which makes yeah. sense that the closeness then relates to that level of trauma. Yeah. And more cleanup left in the wake. Yeah. So listen to these numbers. It, okay. 78% constantly revisit their experience 
81% feel a loss of personal power. 80% are hypervigilant. I mean, that's just exhausting. Uh, 94% deal with painful triggers. And all of you have experienced triggers. They're brutal. Okay, the most common physical symptoms. 71% have low, <clears throat> excuse me, low energy. 68% have sleep issues. 63% have extreme fatigue. You sleep all night, you wake up, you're exhausted. Your adrenals have tanked. 47% have weight changes. So in the beginning, maybe you can't hold food down. Later on, you're using food for comfort. You're emotionally eating. 45% uh, have a digestive issue. And that could be anything. Crohn's, IBS, diverticulitis, you name it. The gut's a wreck. The most common mental symptoms. 78% are overwhelmed. 70% are walking around in a state of disbelief. 68% can't focus, 62% can't concentrate. So imagine you can't concentrate, you're exhausted, you have a gut issue, you still have to go to work. You still have to raise your kids, right? That's not even emotionally. Emotionally, 88% experience extreme sadness. 83% are very angry. And you and I both know you can bounce back and forth between those two all day long. Uh, a few more, 79% uh, are stressed. Here's why I wrote the book, Trust Again. 84% have an inability to trust. And that one just killed me. 67% prevent themselves from forming deep relationships because they're afraid of being hurt again. 82% find it hard to move forward. 90% want to move forward, but don't know how. You know what's so crazy about those numbers? You didn't hear me say anything, 20%, 30%. They're super high. They're also not necessarily from a recent betrayal. This could be from the parent who did something awful when you were a kid. This could be from, you know, the person who broke your heart in high school. So think about this. That person may not know, care, remember, they may not even be alive. And here we are decades later with these symptoms because of something that happened decades ago. The good news is you can heal from all of it. That was the third discovery. Any yeah. questions on post-betrayal syndrome? Mm, no, absolutely. I mean, it aligns with the data that that I'm aware of as well in the betrayal trauma world. And the, you know, they have different, everybody has different words, but we're all talking about the same phenomenon and you know, we're using different language, but the numbers all line up the same, right? Um, and, and this is just what we know is that the closer you are to a person and, and they shatter your trust and they shatter and they and they and you have put your safety and, and faith in them it changes everything Absolutely. and i was just taking some quick notes from your specific study because i some of these things i was like fascinated because i haven't seen data on so i'm really excited to look deeper at your data mm -hmm. um but just wanting to list out a few struggling with fatigue struggling with sleep struggling with weight digestive hello holidays right um overwhelm disbelief focus concentration sadness anger inability to trust and then you're standing here carrying all of this right and then someone's like here i'm gonna help you <laughs> it's like right. how are you gonna find someone to trust how are you gonna right. find someone to 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 um get support as well as then we are heading into a season that is high demand season especially for women mm -hmm. um and not that everyone in our group is female they're not but m many are and not that everyone that you work with is female because betrayal is no respecter of persons, but but many are, and, and it's a high demand time for everybody. High demand at work, high demand at home, high demand in the family. And this is what you're working with. Um, you know, it is just, it's a lot. And so we can sit with those numbers 
and just have some compassion. Um, and some of the things that you said, one is I'm not alone. Mm-mm. Me and 80% of the other people who are <laughs> betrayed, 80 to 90% of the people who've been betrayed. And the numbers I've seen, it's like, when we look at like the PTSD diagnostics, it's like 98% have at least one symptom, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really everybody, you know, they may not have the full criteria of PTSD or um, mm-hmm. post-betrayal trauma or how, however we call that, but we're all going to feel it. It's a human experience at this point. Could we say, right. right. It's a human lived experience. You're not broken. I loved that you cited that because we feel broken. You're mm-hmm. not broken. You're a human being experiencing post-betrayal. And that's what you, that's what we feel. But then here we are into the holidays where yeah. the demand is high. The expectations are high from ourselves, maybe seeking joy, but from others as well, it becomes really heavy. It really is. And, and, you know, I love that you brought up compassion because one of the other things we do is we get so down on ourselves. Um, why am I so exhausted? Let me just keep pushing through and mm. let me just, everybody's expecting me to make that pie and whatever. Right. And, yeah. and we, we put these extra demands on ourselves and you know what it's like, it's like, well, first of all, you know, your, your adrenals have tanked. So you're, you're not working with at full capacity right here. So, so imagine like best case scenario, you have hundred percent of your energy. And now because of your experience, you're at like 60%, you know, mm-hmm. and now if you're focused, if your energy is on the betrayer, what are they doing? What are they thinking? What, you know, all of this, we only have the remainder yeah, for the dregs for, for ourselves. So that's not giving us a lot to work with when it comes to healing, but that compassion of you know, just at least looking at it, it's almost like if you broke your foot and you were a runner, you would need to stop running for a little while. Uh, but it's as if we've broken our foot, but it's the holidays. So we're just running in that race anyway. You know, Right. right. Like I just have to do it. Who else is going to do it? We have so many of these thoughts that come up. And I like to see a lot of even that, even that pushing ourselves over the top or that whatever word you want to use, sabotage or whatever is so we can have compassion for that too. We can look back on past holidays and be like, man, I burned myself out. Or, you know, I have a history of burning myself out during the season. I suck at burning myself out, right? We go straight there. And so we can show up with, I'm surviving, man. I'm just trying to survive in a world with high demands. And I know that if I don't make that pie, I'm going to hear it. And maybe that's going to drain me more than not making the pie. Like this is reality, right? Yeah. And so that compassion word, which broken down the way that I look at it, right, is to suffer with oneself to be able to just sit and be like, dude, this sucks. <laughs> this is not, a, this is not okay. And, and I can, I'm not wallowing. I'm not going to live here, but I can see it for what it is and that I'm not alone in it. Um, and how can I be kind to myself considering the suffering that I'm experiencing? And when we list all of these things, it's so much suffering. Yeah. And, and, you know, and you said something really, really important there. How, how could I be kind to myself? I invite everybody to treat yourself how you treat a best friend. Because think about it. If you spoke to your best friend the way you spoke to yourself, you wouldn't have that best friend. Yeah, <laughs> right? So and what would happen if you gave yourself that gift of that love and compassion that you so easily and freely give to everybody else? Mm-hmm. Now's the time where you need it. And you get to, you know, I, I said earlier, when you're redefining yourself, you get to decide how you want to go about this and how you want to treat yourself. Like, here's a really silly example. Like I was very hard on myself before my betrayal. I was always 
driving, you know, like, like mm. pushing and, and to m- myself to just extremes. I mean, think about it. Anybody with four kids and six dogs in a business <laughs> and you know, already, I'm, you know, way in over my head. So, so that was who I was and I got a lot of accolades for it and it fed yeah. me the worst kind of way. Right. After the betrayal, I realized I don't want to be like that anymore. Mm. I just don't want to do it. So in redefining who I wanted to be, one of the things I did was I changed some of the rules and I I invite all of you change whatever rule doesn't serve you anymore. Like one thing I did, I did was I would, I would just push myself too hard. And for example, I would get lost wherever I would go. Just what I do. I get lost. Mm -hmm. If I visit you, I just know I'll probably get lost. (laughs) So I would have to leave earlier to, you know, get past that. And then, but I would call myself names and I would be so hard on myself. And I was like, you know, I don't want to do that anymore. So my new rule post-betrayal was when I would do those same things that previously I would berate myself and call myself names. Now I'm simply adorable. <laughs> so <laughs> I, love I, it. I do those things and I get lost and I still do. And I'm just adorable. And here's the thing. Not only do I say it, my whole family has to agree. So now I do a lot of adorable things and that's just the way it is. But you see what I mean? We get to define how do we want to treat ourselves? It's all up for renegotiation after betrayal, all of it. Yeah, I love that. I think there's this moment of power when we can realize, wait a minute, the ball's in my court. So I get to create my own kingdom now. Like I'm the queen. okay or king right like okay and and like you're describing i love 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 uh non what's the word i just had it uh not things you normally think about in terms of self-care and that's such a beautiful example you know we usually think bubble baths which are great uh you know and all those things but i love these moments where we come up with what's real self-care and maybe it's not what you'd normally think of. And one of them, I love your example. Me and you would not make good travel partners, by the way, because I'm <laughs> always lost. <laughs> I'm like, just we'll have prepare. Vanessa drive us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, prepare for like a 30-minute detour. We'll see so many great sights on our on our little adventure. But but I love that, you know, just reframing even something that small of like, do I like this? Do I like how I'm treating myself? For me, I had one similar where I would get lost and then I'd be late. So you're just mm-hmm. a little tangent here. And then I'd be late. And then the whole drive, I'm like, come on, we got to go faster. I'm going to be late and they're going to be mad. And I'm so insecure. I'm, I'm so like inconsiderate and everyone's going to be mad at me. And I remember in the middle of my betrayal time, stopping and being like, why am I doing this? It's not getting me there faster. Like, I don't feel, it's making my stomach hurt. It's making my arms and my chest and my throat hurt. But by just like, Ugh, because I'm late, but I get late. I'm late to things. It's Okay. I'm adorable. I didn't say that, but the same concept to just be like, oh, I can just sit in this car and be late. <laughs> of course, I want to be considerate to people, but it's going to happen. And and learning to have compassion in these little spaces. What's really cool about our brain is if we can do it in one space, it's almost like this little chink in the stone and things will just start to grow and shift and change. And I'm sure you saw that after reframing being lost, you know, you'll see Absolutely. it really rep- ripple and grow because the brain's like, wait a minute, I can change. And then boom. You'll start and, to see that. And we say see tremendous changes when people move through the, the stages. And I can share those if you'd like. If yes, that would... please do. Yeah. Sure. So so when the five stages showed up, and this was the third discovery, in like the geekiest way, I thought my head was gonna fly clear off my body. Like 
I'll never forget when my the program chair just uh, I handed her the research, and she said, De- uh, "Debbie, I believe you discovered a process here." And I didn't even know what the heck she was talking about. But when I when I realized it, I was like, "Oh my gosh, there's a roadmap now. There's a yeah. roadmap. Like it, it, and it's just." If you do these things, you will heal. So that was the most exciting thing in the world. Uh, and what was discovered was, you know, that most of us tend to stay stuck, but there are, if we're going to fully heal and by fully heal, I mean, symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome, like I just shared to that completely rebuilt place of post-betrayal yeah. transformation, we're going to move through five proven predictable stages. And what's even more exciting about that is we know what happens physically, mentally, and emotionally at every stage. And we know what it takes to move from one stage to the next. Mm-hmm. Healing is completely predictable. Right. And happy to share the stages. Yes, please do. Thank you. Okay. All right. So stage one, this is before it happens. And if you can imagine four legs of a table, the four legs being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, what I saw with everybody, me too, was a heavy lean on the physical and the mental thinking and doing, oh, we're so good at that. And kind of neglecting and ignoring the emotional and the spiritual feeling and being right. Well, if a table only has two legs, easy for that table to topple over. That's us. Stage two, shock, trauma, D-Day, discovery day, the scariest of all of the stages. And this is the breakdown of the body, the mind, and the worldview. This is the day that forever changes your life as you've known it. There's this psychological earthquake, right? Life is now compartmentalized into before it happened and after it happened. And a bunch of things go on right here. You've ignited the stress response. You're now headed for every single stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. Your mind is in a complete and total state of chaos and overwhelm. You cannot make sense of what just happened. And your worldview has just been shattered. Your worldview is your mental model. The rules that govern you, that prevent chaos. Trust this person. Don't go there. These are the rules. And in one earth shattering moment or series of moments, every rule you've been holding to be real and true is no longer. The bottom has truly bottomed down on you. And a new bottom hasn't been formed yet. So this is terrifying, but think about it. If the bottom were to bottom out on you, what would you do? You grab hold of anything or anyone in order to stay safe and stay alive. And that's stage three, survival instincts emerge. It's the most practical out of all of the stages. If you can't help me, get out of my way. How do I survive this? Where do I go? Who, do, who can I trust? How do I feed my kids? Here's the trap though. Stage three, by far, hands down, is the most common place we get stuck. And here's why. Once we've figured out how to survive our experience, because it feels so much better than the shock and trauma of where we just came from, we think it's good. We're like, okay, I got this. And because we don't know there's anywhere else to go, we don't know there's a stage four or stage five. Transformation doesn't even begin until stage four. But because we don't know there's anywhere else to go, We plant roots here. We park here. We're not supposed to. Four things happen. The first thing is you start getting all those small self benefits. You get to be right. We like being right. You know, you get your story. We love our story. You get sympathy from everyone you tell your story to, right? You don't have to learn how to trust again. Can I trust you? Should I trust you? I forget. I'm not trusting anybody. (laughs) 
right? And so you plant deeper roots. Again, you're not supposed to be here, but you don't know that. And now because you're here longer than you should be, the mind starts doing things like, you know, maybe you're not all that great. Maybe you deserved it. Maybe this, maybe that. So you plant deeper roots. Now, because these are the thoughts you're thinking, this is the energy you start putting out. Like energy attracts like energy. Now you start attracting circumstances and relationships and people to confirm this is where you belong. This is where you'll sabotage your growth because you're afraid to outgrow your betrayer right here, right? Mm -hmm. It gets worse, but I'll get you out of here. Because it feels so bad, but we don't know there's anywhere else to go. We resign ourselves. We're like, this stinks, but like I have to get through my day right here. We start using food, drugs, alcohol, work, TV, whatever. And think about it. You do it for a day, a week, a month. Now it's a habit, a year, 10 years, 20 years. And I can see someone 20 years out and say that emotional eating you're doing, that drinking you're doing, whatever. Do you think that has anything to do with your betrayal? They would look at me like I'm crazy. They'd say it happened 20 years ago. Right. All they did was put themselves in stage three and stay there. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. And, and I use this, it's just so fun to chat with you. I've seen your work, but I've never looked at your data and I haven't read your book. I'm just going to be fully honest, but it's so fun because, um, connecting with, and, and I'd be happy to share with many other people who are creating models and we're all, you know, looking at these things and we're all landing with the same story, which is exactly what you're describing because it's seeped in the data. So of course that's what you're, you know, coming to, but, but this piece, I, I, what I say when I teach this principle different, but it's the same principle is most people you'll meet live there for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. lots and lots of people will live there for the rest of their life. And I don't even mean people who know they have betrayal. <laughs> I just mean humans um, will go into a state of survival mode mm -hmm. and we'll get into what I call the vortex, which sounds fairly similar to what you're talking about here. And will vortex themselves to the end of time. And not only that, but they're going to really, really not like stand by it and defend it and tell you that you're so many different things because you're not joining them in their survival mindset and i talk about that survival mindset as a beautiful god-given whatever you want to say universe given thing mm -hmm. but like you said it's a step it's a stage we have to go into it there's a reason for it our body's incredible for creating this ability that we have yeah. and it's not the end don't stop that's what i just tell everyone don't stop that's only <laughs> um, stage three that's only stage yeah. three i love that yeah so, this is so exciting so, and then I found so many people were getting stuck in stage three. So from hardened to healed is just for the stage threeers. I'm like, you've been through the worst of it already. Why are you stopping? Um, but here's the thing too, before I get to stage four and stage five, because I can't leave people in stage three. Be, finding yourself in stage three, which is of course so common for betrayal, but it's also really common for most people. I'm going to yeah. give you an example. And I, and I think I write about it in from hardened to healed where just imagine like a little kid. Little kid has earth shattering news to share with mom. Hasn't been abused, hasn't been like nothing really bad happened, but has some news to share with mom. R mom's in the kitchen, runs into the kitchen to share this news and mom's on the phone. And so this, let's say boy, runs into the kitchen and mom says, shh, mom shushes him because she's on the phone, right? At that very moment, he could have made that mean I'm not important. Now think about what happens. Now he starts thinking it. He starts thinking it more. He puts some emotion behind it. We have between 60 and 80,000 thoughts a day. So now he's got a good amount of, 
I'm not important going on all day long. Mm -hmm. So the mind says, oh, I didn't realize you want this playing all day. No worries. Go about your business. I'll just keep this running in your subconscious. So think about the choices he would make as he grows older, the, the opportunities he would say yes to, the opportunities he'd say no to, the people he would date, all of it, because that belief is formed. So that stage three is, you know, it is really just based on a set of beliefs that when we stop and look at it, we may have absolutely outgrown them. And your, your beliefs really are, all it is, is, you know, the repetition of an idea from someone you trust. I mean, that's it. Someone said something enough times, let's say a parent, and then we took it over and we mm -hmm. ran with it. You know, it doesn't make it good or bad. It doesn't make it right or wrong. It doesn't make it true, it makes it yours. That's it. Mm -hmm. So when we look at it, uh, we can say, well, wait a second, does this even serve me anymore? Because if, you know, if we realize it doesn't, we could start to uh, let it go. So I just wanted to let everybody know, you could find yourself in stage three, of course, because of betrayal, but because of a lot of stuff. It could be from just a misinterpretation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's because emotions are the glue that holds the memory mm -hmm. and how you feel at that exact moment in time. And when you're a child, you have the, the brain capacity of a child. But meanwhile, you make a belief that carries you through the rest of your life exactly. until you can break that. And that belief came from that exact pivotal moment in time where that emotion hit you. And as you said, it just goes on replay in the back of your mind and it's just always there exactly. until you break it. Exactly. And, and it's never too late to do this. Like I'll tell you, we, we have somebody, she's 88 years old. Wow. She had a family betrayal uh, and she's had a gut issue for 70 years, mm -hmm. 70 plus years of gut issue. All of a sudden, getting this work downloaded, she healed. And could you imagine having a digestive issue for 70 plus years, right? And here she is, 88, finally feeling good. You see? <laughs> Out on the town. Right? So so it's it's never too late. Anyway, I want to get you through the that. other stages because I, I just doesn't feel right leaving you in stage three. If you're willing, willingness is a big word right here, to let go of your story, all it gives you, grieve more than the loss, bunch of things you need to do, you move to stage four. Stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. So here's where you acknowledge, I can't undo what happened, but I control what I do with it. Right there in that decision, you're turning down the stress response. You're not healing just yet, but you stopped, at least stopped the massive damage you'd been picking up in stages two and stage three. Stage four feels like if you've ever moved, if you've ever moved to a new house, office, condo, apartment, whatever, your stuff's not all there, it's not quite cozy yet, but you're like, okay, we got this. It feels like that. But think about this. If you were to move, you don't take everything with you, right? You don't take those things that don't represent who you wanna be in your new space. And what I found was there's one spot when people go from stage three to stage four, if your friends weren't there for you, you've outgrown them right here. The betrayer who won't change, you've outgrown them right here. That the ain't an awful club group you've been hanging out with, you've outgrown them right here. When you're settled into that next stage, this next, you know, you make it kind of mentally home, 
you move into the fifth most beautiful stage. And this is healing, rebirth, and a new worldview. The body starts to heal. Self-love, self-care, eating well, exercise. You didn't have the bandwidth for that earlier. Now you do. Your mind is making new ideas and you know new rules and new boundaries, right? And you have a new worldview based on the whole road you just traveled. And the four legs of the table, in the beginning, it was all about physical and mental. By this point, we're solidly grounded because mm. we're focused on the emotional and the spiritual too. Those are the five stages. Mm. I love it. Love I love it, it, I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Thank you. I, I know that we wanna have time for Q and A, but I, I just want to sh uh, have Dr. Debbie Silver share three things for the holidays, mm. just, three little tidbits, something. Um, I do want to say one thing. You said something very powerful before, not on this call, but I absolutely love it. And I've used it ever since uh, with your grat with my gratitude towards you is easy now, hard later, <laughs> hard now, easier later. I love that. I absolutely love that. So, and you, you applied it to those conversations that you need to have around the holidays, if you're going to change what you're doing for the holiday and having that difficult conversation with your family members and going, you know what, just for this year, I'm not going to come. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I need to sit in my own stillness because you have set the intention for the day. And that's my tip related to the holiday make sure that you have an intention for the mm. day. Even if your intention is to sit in silence, to sit by yourself, to read a good book, do not wake up on that holiday, not knowing what you were going to do, because that's when you can really get into the cesspool of your betrayal. Mm. Oh, it can be wicked. But yeah. if you get up and you have an, a set intention that can definitely make a difference. And I'd, I'd love for you to share a couple of more tips that you might have for the audience. Sure, I love that. That's a powerful point uh, and a really good idea. The I just wanna sort of go over the hard now, easy later. The, I've, been in, I've been in business, I've been coaching 32 years, like a bazillion people. And it's something that applies to, you take the topic and it works. And it is, it's hard now, easy later easy now, hard later, take your pick. It's going to be one of those two. When it comes to healing from betrayal, it's a reckoning. It really is. And it's hard now, easy later. What I see so often when we're numbing, avoiding, distracting, when we're hanging on to our story, when we're staying stuck, and I want to make sure I, I explain this, it's easy now. And you're thinking, what in the world is she talking about? I'm in so much pain. Yes, but nothing's different. There are no new boundaries. There are no new rules. There's no new, we're not doing anything different in order to bring a different result. So yes, the result still stinks, but the process is easy now. It's what's familiar and comfortable. So what I invite everybody to do, since it's hard anyway, is go for it. Hard now, easy later. Hard now is I'm instilling that new boundary. Hard now is I'm saying no. Hard now is I'm doing it differently, right? Where it's, it's uncomfortable, it's unfamiliar. Easy later, wow, you know what? I survived that, okay. Mm -hmm. You see, so it, it works 
regardless of the scenario, you test it, test it with eating, right? Weight loss, hard now, easy later. I'm gonna, I wanna have the cookies, but I'm gonna have the apple. I feel good, right? <laughs> or, right? or easy now, hard later. I, I know I should have the apple, but I'm gonna have the cookies hard later. I can't button my pants. You get it? So no matter what the topic, you'll find it working. That was the first thing I wanted to share. The, as far as the holidays, a couple of things. First of all, no, you're not crazy. You're not alone. And you can heal from all of it. That's what I want to make sure everybody knows. The second thing I want you to know is even though it happened to you, it's not about you. And I know that is a hard one to believe. Say it a million times if you have to, because it's true. Um, the, the third thing I would say is me personally, the two of you, we didn't do anything you couldn't do. Really. We're not unicorn. No, no, you know, human beings just like that's it. So instead of looking at someone who's just a few steps ahead, right? I mean, in the beginning, I I couldn't get out of bed. I could barely function, right? You're looking at the, the stage five version of me. This is not who, you know, this is not who I was before, right? So uh, none of us did anything you couldn't do. And the the strongest, wisest, healthiest, most whole, amazing version is waiting for you in stage five. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. I love it. I love it. Thank mm-hmm. you so, so much. So mm. many beautiful tips have been given around boundaries, reclaiming or re reorienting, reframing um, the holiday season, making them your own setting intentions for yourself. I can't control all of the nutty people that are going to show up and all the things they're going to do, but what do I want to do? And what am I going to do if they step on my triggers and how am I going to navigate that and making a plan and write it. This is, this is my tip, write it down. Don't just make the plan. Don't just make the intention. Don't just say, I'm going to do a boundary, write it down, make it real, get it out of here and make it real. Cause then you'll do it. So write it down. Um, and just remember like, like has been said, you know, you're not alone on this day. You can close your eyes and you can literally imagine us with you. Imagine the thousands of others. I know that part is always hard too. Cause I'm like, oh, I don't want all of my friends to hurt. I know, but you're not alone in those hard moments. We're here with you in spirit. Um, and, and you can be with humanity. Like just, just know that you're with humanity. Um, and that you can be kind to yourself in these hard moments. And, and that is revolutionary. Mm. and and will make small ripples that will turn into massive waves as time goes on thank you so so much for being with us today both vanessa and dr silver we are going to jump into the questions but before we do dr silver and vanessa would you briefly i know we're kind of on time so i want to make sure we, we get time but um would you briefly tell us how we can get a hold of you how we can get your books how if they if people want to connect with your coaches or you know people that are in your sphere um, and then books and other things like that, please uh, take a minute to sh- to share that with us. Vanessa, take it away. Ah, uh, thank you. Uh, well, I am definitely one of the moderators on the Humans Navigating Betrayal. You can always find me. Just type in "understanding ear" and you will absolutely find me. You will see my posts and things of that nature. I do run a support group on the meetup platform. So you can find me there. Uh, The best source to see everything that I am doing is on Linktree. Um, And I'm sure that Kaylee will put that into the show notes as well so that you have that. I am available. um, In addition, 
in the resource tab of the Facebook group, there are resources. And we have listed out, again, you can find it under my name, all of Debbie Silber's resources, her books, her courses, everything that I wholeheartedly recommend. A lot of things are self-paced if you kind of want to do it on your own kind of thing, or there are group sessions as well as individual. So lots of opportunities there. That is in the resource section. Again, Kaylee will add it to the show notes here as well. So you have those opportunities. So I've kind of stolen uh, Dr. W. Civil. You said everything that was <laughs> worth saying. What she said. What she said. <laughs> if you've got Absolutely. several books, if someone was like, oh, I loved what you had to say, where would you invite someone to start on your books? If that's the first step they're going to take. Yeah. You know, the, I would say, tr- uh, I mean, I have... I have a few, um, but based on our conversation that we had, start with trust again, that's gonna map out the five stages. But if you're stuck in stage three, then from hardened to you know, from hardened to healed. And I we also have the rebuild roadmap and that's for the betrayer. Awesome, yeah, awesome. That's, that's and, a powerful And one. we will, this is gonna be saved here in the Facebook group in the guides section. Um, and I will add your TED talk. I'll add a bunch of links in that area, but then on the podcast too, I'll make sure we get some links over depending on where people are finding this, this recording, but, um, thank you so much. So I'm going to head over and see if we have any questions. Um, let me just check. We've got just lots of gratitude. Thank you so much. So good. Amen to changing the rules that aren't working for our healing and thriving. I needed to hear this today. Let me check. It might talk again. This is what happens when I click on it. Cause it won't show me all the things. Let's see. No, that's not working. Sometimes I have to click on the live and then it talks at me. Specifically on the trail. Don't talk at me. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I hear myself an echo. I love yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the most important okay. things are the hardest things to say. <laughs> the want of an understanding ear. <laughs> exactly. So here we go. We've got a question. So she says, if family knows about the betrayal, how do I find a balance between holding space for the gr- for the grief and trying to move forward, let's see, do they know if the fa- if family knows? Yes, they do. If family knows about the betrayal, how do I find a balance between holding space for the grief and trying to move forward with the new normal, especially among people who might have different and strong opinions? <laughs> great question. That's such a great question. Vanessa, did you want to take that or you want me to? I, you, please. <laughs> okay. Um, People will well-meaning or not well-meaning say such crazy things. I'll never forget one of my cousins saying to me, Debbie, what? Thinking she's going to share the most amazing heartfelt pearls of wisdom. And she said, I'm so glad I'm not you. <laughs> so people will just, you know, what I found and a lot of people, so many people will avoid you because they think it's contagious, you know? Uh, so you're going to get, you're going to get all kinds of responses. I would say, you want to uh, have a plan in place as you enter in a situation. And it may be something like, you know what? I'm here just to be with all of you. I don't really want to talk about it. Or if I do, I'm going to let you know something. So this way you're not, you're not avoiding it. You're letting them know, you know, what's where you're at and what you want to do. Now, somebody, uh, you could even just say, like, let's say someone's asking you a lot of questions and you could say, uh, I'm working on it, whatever it is to the level and extent, what you really want to be careful of is the need to overshare. 
And I think so often we feel obligated to overshare. And I would invite you to consider if, of course, I mean, you know, you, you want to be honest. I'm never saying don't be honest. But if a, a, a stronger version of you would not have said that, you just want to consider it. You just want to consider, you know, I remember, I don't know who said it, but I think it was Carolyn Mace. And I just love this. Maybe it was her. I don't know. You, you want to speak from the scar, not the wound, you know, exactly. as you're processing all of this, you may not want to just really go for it. For those people you truly trust and you feel safe with, that's okay if you want to, but really the, the bottom line, it's your rules. You decide you know, thanks for asking. I appreciate it so much. I'm working on it. I'm doing okay. You know, whatever it is. Oh, so well said. I refer to it as the toothpaste because that that's what clicks for me. Because once you let the toothpaste out of the tube, really hard to get it back. (laughs) You just can't do it. So, you know, be careful who you share your toothpaste with, you know, and and decide. And again, as Dr. Debbie Silver said, oh my gosh, yeah. You know, if, if you're not going to say it from a place of strength a little down the line, then don't say it now. It's okay. It's absolutely okay. And it's okay to not be okay, you know, and just stand back and, and hold your own space and absolutely say, you know what? Not for today. Mm-hmm. Not for today. Today, today we're just focused on something else. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to be the center of attention here and I don't want our situation to be the center of attention. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. And Great people, question. you know, because they're going to have so much advice coming from their lens, you know, think about it. The, let's say, you know, if it's a, it's a, a uh, your partner betrays you and then your in-laws, you're getting together with them. Well, of course they just want you guys. Okay. So they're going to maybe minimize it or whatever, you know, so everything is coming from their lens. So you have to, um, put yourself in a little bit of a protective bubble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think to kind of combine the two of what I'm hearing, one is allow yourself to determine, like I don't owe anybody any information that I want to share with them. That's a big belief people will have. Like, well, I have to tell them or they're asking or they care about me, right? So I don't owe anybody anything. And then to go back to what you were saying as well, Vanessa, like ahead of time, set an intention. Do I want this to be Thanksgiving of my laundry? If so, like, cool, right? And maybe it is with my cousin that I never see and I love her so much and we're totally bonded, like you're saying. But maybe ahead of time, jot down literally some canned responses, write them down that are like, if someone says something, this is what I have. And when we have a boundary, then we can breathe easy because we're like, someone's like, oh, how's your marriage? Um, We're working, <laughs> right? You have, and you just, you had it. And they're like, okay. And they move on. You're like, oh, oh I did it. I'm okay. So, mm-hmm. so having that, having that intention, writing it down and recognizing, you, you know, exactly what these women have said. Just so, so good. So, oh. so good. Um, and she popped pipe back in and said, thank you so much. So, Beautiful. so good. Good. Um, let's see if I had any more. So, uh, someone said, that's what I learned is to not overshare because it's so easy to do without, uh, when you're hurting without realizing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love that you popped in. And said that because that's the other piece. If you get done with Thanksgiving and you're like, wow, I really ran my mouth. Okay. <laughs> you know, you did. You're it's adorable. Okay. You're adorable. <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly. I have a really, I have a close friend and colleague um, in this field and she calls it betrayal Tourette's. <laughs> She's like, sometimes you get betrayal Tourette's and you're just like, hey, stranger at the grocery store, you ever heard of porn addiction or whatever? And you're like, blah, 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 blah. and you walk away like, what, what did I do? Yeah. And if Thanksgiving turns into that, you're adorable. We got you. Yeah. We've been there. We are you. We see you. Yeah. It's okay. Um, it. If you, if you, you know, we're all busy, you don't make the plans and it turns out in a way you don't like it. That's okay. No harm, no foul. Okay. Moving forward. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There'll be yeah. another holiday right around the corner. <laughs> exactly. You'll have practice soon. Practice yes. yet again. <laughs> Lots of practice. Yes. Um, exactly. Okay. So then one other question. Oh, maybe it's just a comment. She said, one of my biggest regrets, I told friends early on, but now I'm forgiving my spouse and they're still against seeing him. Yeah. yeah. Some people don't see all of the nuances. Um, and so that's, that's hard, you know, yeah. and it's hard to know who to trust at the beginning and it made sense that you told your friends. It made sense. It's very adaptive. It's very survival adaptive. A cave woman would tell her friends if a lion tried to attack her. It's very survival adaptive. Mm -hmm. And it's 2023 20, and it's complicated. And like you said, everyone has their lens and their well-meaning. And and so, yeah, it's hard oh. and it's real. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we, we cannot thank you enough for being with us and, and sharing all of your wisdom uh, with us and just... Mm, Oh. <laughs> thank you I'm so grateful and, and so humbled thank you yeah. and thank you for the work you're doing I mean listen if we can just we we need armies armies to help people heal from this and uh and and that's 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 when we're that's when we're doing what we're here to do so really it's an honor and thank you for doing the work you do Absolutely. Thank you so much. I'll, I'll add my thank you. Thank you so much. I am going to go out and buy your book as Amazon is calling my name or whatever bookstore I go to is calling my name um, for sure. And I hope that everyone else here has also felt lifted and edified and, and connected here with both of these lovely ladies. Um, and and again, I'll, I'll put everything down in the show notes so that you guys can have connection to them as well. Thank you so, so much. And everyone have just a wonderful evening. Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody.